Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsuck for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. The idea is pretty simple. Me and a guest sit down and rank Star Wars. We have a topic and we each get five takes. Except for today, it's a little different. There's no guest. I'm reaching out to empty space. You can't see because this is recorded. Uh, I'm recording on the fly this weekend, so it's just me and you and a Star Wars Ranked. Five things for a topic, and today's topic is the Star Wars Comics 
we need. We've talked a lot about stuff uh, here on the Four Cent Podcast about stories we need, books we need, movies, kind of silly stories. We had that Star Wars ranked uh, a little bit ago where uh, Joseph uh, and I talked about the, the stories that we, uh, some of the stories we need inspired by Chewie and the Porgs. And we went a little bit outside the box there with uh, some fun shows, uh, different little ideas. This one uh, is about the comics. What's interesting to me about the the Marvel comics and even some of the other stuff, the, the, we got the IDW doing the Forces of Destiny stuff coming out later. They, comics have the have give you uh, uh, give us the fans a chance to get some stories that we wouldn't get anywhere else, without a doubt. Uh, novel too big, too thick. No, novella maybe I don't know. Anthology stories different take, even from a certain point of view, is just a little bit different. The comics, especially these five issue runs, uh, and this is what I'm focusing on here. Uh, these are these are like five-issue run ideas. You can get to a lot of cool things. Darth Maul, we're seeing Mace Windu, um, you know, uh, Leia, Lando, Han Solo. We saw a lot of things. Shattered Empire, which was a four-issue run, and it's really good. I hope you have checked that one out there. This is the kind of stories I'm uh, – these are the kind of stories, I should say, I'm looking at here, and have inspired this list today. These are stories – not quite ready for a movie, not needed in a movie, and just not maybe big enough for a novel. With that in mind, here we go. These are the five Star Wars comics we need, according to me. Number five, General Grievous's origin. General Grievous is a disappointing character to me in a lot of ways. There's so much there. There's so much potential with this character. And I, I think every time I see him, I'm reminded of what could have been. And part of what uh, now, what factors into that now, is that there was a pretty interesting backstory to him. Um, I forget exactly the book. Beg my pardon. I beg your pardon. I'm all over the map today, aren't I? I beg your pardon uh, because uh, I can't remember exactly. It might have been Labyrinth of Evil. Uh, which is the story that leads up to Revenge of the Sith, and it's no longer canon. But they talk about the first time Grievous kind of emerged, and he was in like the catacombs, the tunnels below uh, the the uh, Geonosian temples and the Geonosian arena there, and it was like this whispered thing of a of a monster in there with lightsabers and the ability to fight. But he was kind of he wasn't didn't seem human. He was just it was this shadowy figure. It was this almost like a legend that was ha- happening. In, in real time. And then you find out a lot more about, you know, who Grievous is and other materials and how, how the crash, he was on a ship, it was crashed, it was intentional probably from Dooku and some others and, and the Separatists, it's almost like they were, wanted to recruit him to be the leader, but he had turned them down and all right, we're going to make you the leader, we're going to save you, we're going to keep you alive. With your vital organs, your essence, your brain, and that's about it. We're going to make you a cyborg, a droid leader. And Grievous was always a little grumpy about that. It was uh, it was almost like his it was, it was a little bit of reluctant. He had no choice, really. And it was like he was bitter that this is the way it went down. So I, I love all that stuff. But all that stuff either doesn't count anymore or... It's it's not, you know, it, that's the biggest thing. It doesn't count. But it's also, it never seemed to be at the forefront. And when you see Grievous now, you kind of look and he's hacking and he's coughing and he's defeated relatively easy by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, very, you know, 
I'm not say early on in the movie, but kind of like at that uh, halfway point, and there's still a lot more of Sith left. He's not the big baddie, and you know, it doesn't need to be the big baddie. I mean, Palpatine was, and Anakin became it, so I get it, but I think there's, I, I love the design of Grievous, I love what's going on with Grievous, and I love the history, and the history that doesn't count. So maybe with a five-issue comic run, you could reestablish Grievous's origin, because I don't think you need it in a, a novel. And it's not something that would play well on, on a movie. Clone Wars uh, maybe could have touched on it more, but that ship has sailed. So I like the idea of a comic book series. Five issues. It's all you need. Tell the origin of Grievous, the one that we will now accept. And I think you could make it similar. You've seen a lot of this play out with some other canon or, uh, you know, expanded universe stuff. Our characters and moments and everything are kind of being pulled in. Um, Tag and Bink is a great example showing up in the Han Solo movie. I'm sure it'll be tiny, be small. And and their story has to be different. They can't be, um, you know, the wild and crazy uh, adventures of Tag and Bink that we saw in the comic series. So, but I like that idea. That, and Thrawn is the ultimate example of this. Is that you bring him back. You bring him into new canon, really, and then you kind of change a little bit of his backstory, change of the change of maybe the timing. That's a little nebulous, but also, you know, if you read those first couple chapters of the Thrawn book, they tie into other uh, established, expanded universe canon around Thrawn. I think you could do that with Grievous, firm it up, and give us this story and add something to the Grievous that we do see in Sith. One of the things I liked about that novel, Labyrinth of Evil, uh, I believe there was a t- I should check, but I'm not going to. We're just going to go with it. Um, one thing I like about it is it establishes that Grievous was injured. I believe it, if memory serves, at the hands of Mace Windu. So when when Revenge of the Sith starts, and you've you've already read this novel, if you've read it already, which I, I, did, I do think it came out after the movie, but... Um, if you read it, you got you knew then upon rewatching Sith that Grievous was hurt. He was hacking and coughing and injured. He was he was not playing to his full potential, and then that made a little more sense. Now, with that not being canon, maybe you could sync it up. Maybe that could be it. I don't know how far you go back with it. If it's the early days of Grievous, it's, if it picks up right after Attack of the Clones and you fill in the backstory with some kind of flashbacks, I don't know. I'd be open to it. But that is number five on my list, the general Grievous origin. Number four, having a little fun. This seems like a little fun answer, like it should have appeared in one of the other lists Joseph and I did that was a little more lighthearted. But I would not mind a three to five issue comic run, maybe even a juicy one shot. The K2SO Cassian Andor one shot was was a lot big. You could do that. But I'd be okay with a three to five issue run called The Rise of Chief Chirpa. Oh, I understand. I get it. You're laughing. But much like some of the new Star Wars material in From a Certain Point of View continues this trend of making the Star Wars holiday special canon in a roundabout kind of way. There's parts of it. Akmena is is the biggest part of it where, where that's canon now. She is the night bartender. At the Cantina, which you now know as Chalman's Cantina, uh, that stuff's canon now. So much in the way they're doing that, it's almost like a fun ode to the holiday special and the history of it. 
the complicated, confusing, tortured history of the holiday special, I think you could do the same a little bit with the Ewok Adventures. Caravan of Courage, Battle for Endor, I really think you could. I really think you could do it. Endor, the moon of Endor, is is an entire planet. And as those shows, those specials taught you, um, it wasn't just Wilford Brimley that we got to see in those. You got to see a little bit different version of, of Endor, different areas of the of the moon, of the planet there. So um, uh, the terrain, climate, all that. Kind of, and I think you could maybe touch upon that a little bit. I'm not saying you go, uh, what is it, the Borax. I'm not saying any of that. Teak could maybe show up. Nathan Hamill would be happy. But um, I, I don't necessarily think you, you have to completely redo the Caravan of Courage Battle of Endor movies. But I think you could touch upon it. I think you could have fun with it. But I want to see a little bit of how Chief Chirpa rose to power in Bright Tree Village. Uh, the Empire doesn't have to be involved. It could be, it could be before that. It could be before the events of A New Hope. I just want to see a, a, a true Ewok adventure. Maybe a very, very, maybe Wicket's born at the end of it. Maybe Chirpa came to power a lot earlier and it spans some of his reign. Who was before him? How do you rise to power in an Ewok village? How do you take over Bright Tree Village? Do you send, ascend to it because of a, a birthright? Do you conquer it? How do you take it over? It seems like a joke at first. The rise of Chief Chirpa, but there's things to know. And like it or not, the Ewoks are pretty important to the Star Wars story. Without them, the Empire might have won, which was part of George's point and part of what Ewok apologists and enthusiasts will tell you. You needed them. They needed to be there. So I think they deserve a little bit of respect of somewhat of a backstory. Now, could it be Ewok on Ewok battles? Could it be something else? I would like to see how it came to be. A little bit more of Ewok culture. A little bit more of, of who they are when we find them. You could get into, I guess, the Empire taking over. Without a doubt, the Empire thought nothing of these little teddy bears. That was, again, part of the point. So maybe this ends with the Empire occupying the moon of Endor. The forest moon of Endor. Um, maybe it's a little bit about that. So this could be a serious story. I'm sure it'd be some fun in there. But how does Chief Chirpa come into power? How does Logre become the village medicine man? Is that passed down? Is he appointed? Is he like the hand of the king? Because he's he seems more than just the medicine man. Seems more than just the doctor on call. Logre has some has some political power there. I'm not saying this has to be Game of Thrones deep. But there's something there. Why does Logray get to be the one that says, no, 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 no. Keep, keep burning Han at the stake. We're going to have Karelian Smuggler for dinner. Don't listen to anyone else. I'm Logray. Seems like he, in that moment, had more power than Chief Chirpa. But Chief Chirpa... And yes, this is a serious conversation I'm having myself with you guys here in a podcast. It seems as though Chief Chirpa was definitely the one that needed to make the final decision to join the fight, to join the rebellion. And much like other cultures, rebel cells, political parties and powers before, it should be no different. They are sentient beings. 
They have a way about them. They have a culture. They have a way they go do things. They have the, uh, a, a, a history there. You should not view them join, joining the rebellion any different than, say, the Mon Calamari, Akbar and Radis. They're the chirpa and low gray of the Mon Calamari rebellion movement. Yes, I said that, and I stand by it. So a five-issue run or a three-issue run for maybe to, to temper anyone's uh, disgust with the Ewoks or apprehension of this story. You think I'm joking, but I think it'd be good. The rise of Chief Chirpa, or you could call it Bright Tree Village, the story of the rise of Chief Chirpa, a Star Wars story. I think you could do it. Number three, one of the things I liked about Shattered Empire, a little four-issue run, took place uh, pretty much right after or even during the end of Return of the Jedi, crossed over, uh, followed Shara Bay, Cass Dameron, a little Luke Skywalker action, a little Force Tree action. It's really good. And it wasn't about a particular character. Uh, a lot of what these Marvel comics are about now is, of course, a particular character, which, which makes perfect sense. Um, but there's little questions of canon, little questions of Star Wars history we fans still sometimes want answers for. And, from, and the book, from a certain point of view, it goes a long way to answer a lot of little, little nuggets and little questions back during the New Hope era. But... Between Empire and Jedi, there's definitely a wide open uh, berth of stories to tell. And, and the time frame between those two movies is, is shorter than New Hope and Empire. Uh, that's why you're seeing a lot of it focused there, too. I also think that, that eventually you'll roll it out. The main Star Wars comic line is racing towards Empire. It's starting to gear up, starting to connect the threads, which would be very interesting. I'm excited about that. So there's going to be some stuff after that. And the thing I want, it could be a five issue. It could be a one shot, actually. Tell you what, I'm thinking on the fly here. Make this my one shot. Star Wars one shot we need, and that is the story of the Battle of Tanab. Lando Calrissian absolutely believes that that's the reason he was promoted to general in the Rebel Alliance fleet. Remember, in a short period of time he goes from the dude on cloud city that seemed to sell everybody out to helping them to getting in the millennium falcon with chewbacca and heading to jabba's palace going undercover where he seemingly was there for a while so the question i've always had is what is the battle of tanab there doesn't seem to be a huge chunk of time between what happened at Jabba's palace and what happens when the rebel fleet gets together and they meet up. Luke is on Dagobah, yes. Doesn't seem like a ton of time passes, though. Seems like Luke stops by, has a bowl of stew, Yoda dies, Obi-Wan ghost sits, Luke's on his way, joins up uh, near, what, Sullust, right? So, this Battle of Tanab, a throwaway line for sure, could be one of those things that Lucas put in there to add some, some flavor to the story. It's a good little moment. Someone must have told him about my little maneuver in the Battle of Tanab. Um, so, <laughs> maybe Lucas wasn't thinking of it. 
maybe he doesn't stop and think, well, wait a minute, the end of Empire, he pretty much, it's, it seems as though Chewbacca and Lando head straight for Jabba's palace. It seems like they're undercover, part of this plan for a while. Seems like Lando was the first one in, been working there a while. He knew where the lunchroom was. He'd taken some breaks, made some friends there when uh, everyone starts showing up. He's the guy on the inside, right? So maybe Lucas just kind of in classic George form, put something out there, and that's it. So unless there's this little nugget of time between they leave Jabba's palace, get back on the way back, maybe there is a battle of Tanab. Uh, looking at uh, the Star Wars uh, or Wikipedia, it uh, says it is a uh, space battle which Lando fought against and defeated a pirate fleet in orbit uh, above the planet Tanab. Now there is legend stuff here, and here's the here's the thing. I I don't even want to look at that. I'm sure it gives some answers. I'm absolutely sure it gives some answers. But I don't really want to know. Could it happen before? I think so. I think maybe it... I think maybe it happens before. And maybe that's the story we tell. I could see that. Good little history there. So let's establish that. Let's establish that for good. <clears throat> so if it's something of his history, if it's something on his resume, then I want to know it. I want it answered. And if it's not between that little time frame, if it doesn't happen after Jabba's palace and when the Rebel Alliance gathers up, which I don't think it does, if it doesn't happen in between Empire and Jedi and it's something in the past, then here's the time. A one-shot about the Battle of Tanab. Make it official. Make it canon. And let's end all the questions. Got it? As Lando would say. I don't know what Lando would say. Lando would say, yeah, the old Battle of Tanab. I remember that. That's number three. Number two, a five-issue Short-run series on Qui-Gon Jinn. We're getting some great stuff about Qui-Gon Jinn in from a certain point of view. He's mentioned often. He's mentioned uh, as a, uh, he's, he's a key part of some things. And that's good because, yep, again, Lucas throws in Qui-Gon Jinn and the Phantom Menace. It's like, well, his name wasn't mentioned before, and yeah. Lucas had a lot of foresight for a lot of things, but Qui-Gon Jinn didn't seem, seem to be one of them. Naboo and Mace Windu, or actually Mace Windy, and a lot of these things that you saw in the prequels were part of uh, stuff from George's first first go around of telling the Star Wars story. So I I can overlook that. I can accept it. Qui Gon Jinn shows up. You get a chance to put Liam Neeson in there. It's good. And a lot of people do agree that 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 is one of the best things of the of the first film. And Qui-Gon, there's a mystery to him. And when he shows up in, uh, you know, Clone Wars or Rebels or other, he makes these other appearances or he's mentioned, 
it, it, it carries some weight. People like it. And, and, and from a certain point of view, every time he's mentioned, uh, and if you haven't read the book, I won't go into it. We're going to do a little bit more about it on Force Center coming up soon. But there's some stuff with Obi-Wan, Yoda. Qui-Gon's name is, is brought up often, and I like it. So I think there needs to be more about him. Trained by Dooku. Could you go all the way back then? We, we want some Count Dooku stuff. Uh, Joseph has pitched on this network before a, a Count Dooku novel. Uh, I think that'd be great. There's a lot to his story before it becomes Darth Tyrannus and even after. Part of that would be Qui-Gon Jinn, but this one, a five-issue comic run on a younger Qui-Gon Jinn or even a Qui-Gon Jinn leading up to Phantom Menace, which means you could have a younger Obi-Wan in there. I'm totally fine with that. Obi-Wan is a Padawan. Uh, when we see him, he's already got a reputation of being a little headstrong, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, even then, there's some allusions to Qui-Gon, or excuse me, Obi-Wan when he was really young, being a bit of a pill, being a bit of a problem. So I, I would really, really be curious if you want to get into that. I don't necessarily need it to be a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan comic, but Qui-Gon Jinn is one of those Jedi that, sometimes found himself at odds with the Jedi Order. Qui-Gon Jinn is one of those Jedi that made decisions sometimes with what he felt versus what was told to him, what was ruled and determined for him. And that's one of the reasons we like him, right? He absolutely felt Anakin Skywalker was the chosen one, and that may have been wrong, and it may have caused a lot of problems, but... Qui-Gon is still revered by the Jedi that knew him that survived, the people that knew him and survived. So I am I am even more curious about Qui-Gon as a fully functional Jedi, which we, we did get to see, but for only one movie. So give me more. Give me a story. It could span some time. It could span, uh, span a few years. But I'd be interested to see a little bit more about Qui-Gon Jinn. You could get into... Uh, little Zyphodeus action there. That's one of the nice things about the Darth Plagueis novel. You get to see a little Qui-Gon Zyphodeus uh, action there uh, and establishing these Jedi outside of the, uh, the rank-and-file, step-in-line Jedi. Qui-Gon Jinn is an interesting character. Maybe you could even explain why he's making eyes at Shmi Skywalker if you wanted to. I don't think they're going to because I don't think that's real. I think that's just from us fans. Qui-Gon Jinn, a five-issue run, is my number two Star Wars comic we need. And number one, there's a lot to choose from. He's been featured in a lot of other things, and he's so popular, but he has not been front and center, and I think it is now time. I want a five-issue run from Marvel Star Wars on Cad Bane. Let's do it. Let's light it up. He's in so many other things. He was great in the Darth Maul comic. Ara Singh showing up there as well. He and Ara had a little thing, too. He's so great in Clone Wars and so great with some of the things we see. We saw that uh, Star Wars Celebration, that, that stuff of uh, Boba Fett and Cad Bane, uh, their duel. And did Cad Bane survive? We don't quite know. But there is a lot to him. I joke all the time. I love that Sabine ran on Rebels graffitied him on a wall early on. I think it was uh, season one, episode one of Star Wars Rebels. I love that stuff. He is a character that in a lot of ways shouldn't have worked. 
a bounty hunter with a weird voice and a trench coat and a wide brim cowboy like hat. It's would have it's could have come off as so cheesy. And I remember the first moment I saw Cad Bane, I had those thoughts. Oh, what are they doing here? Cowboy bounty hunter? What? And that he just became the coolest thing. He even has like the the like a like six shooter type of gun. He's like dirty Harry. He's like it's like straight out of a Clint Eastwood spaghetti western. It, it's crazy that it works, but it does. And every time Cad Bane comes on or every time he appears in something, it's always something interesting going on. There's always some mystery about him. And I want to keep things mysterious. I wouldn't want to completely expose Cad Bane. But you could get a five-issue story out of Cad Bane. And the nice thing is you could put it almost any time that the character is alive. And maybe you answer the question if he is alive. Maybe you answer how he came into power. Maybe you just don't need to answer anything. Like I said, keep the mystery alive and just plop us down in the middle of an adventure. In the middle of an adventure with Cad Bane. Throw some of our favorites in. Even Dengar. Get him in there. Young Boba Fett or Singh. It could all be there. And I would like it. And I think you guys would like it too. Cad Bane has become kind of this anti-hero. I hope he stays so. I hope there's nothing that ever makes Cad Bane just a pure good guy. Maybe he does some things for the greater good at one point or another, but I do like the idea that Cad Bane remains Cad Bane, and I'd love to hear more about it. Five-issue run with Cad Bane. Simple. I don't need to say anymore. That is my number one Star Wars comic we need here on Star Wars Ranked. You guys let me know. Use the hashtag SWRanked to talk to me here. Do you want to see a General Grievous origin story? The rise of Chief Chirpa? The true history of the Battle of Tanab? Qui-Gon Jinn, at some point in his life, do you want to find out more about him? And what about Cad Bane? Let me know and pitch your ideas as well. That's how we do it here on the Force Center podcast feed. Be back with a guest soon here on Star Wars Ranked. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You can also follow me at Ken Knapsack. And check out our Patreon page. New things coming. And if you want to support us, we'd appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash Force Center. That's it. We'll see you next time, guys. Star Wars has been ranked. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.